0: First of all, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming and for joining to those of the Heber that were with us the past couple of shirem, for Baruch Hashem, the new faces. I want to make it very, very clear. As you look around the room, Baruch Hashem, you see diversity. And that, my friends, is exactly what this Chabura is about. Because this Chabura is not about learning a specific thing. This Chabura is about what the Valsham Tava brought to the world. And what he brought to the world is that there's no such thing as a young Jew or an old Jew. And there's no such thing as a leftist Jew and a rightist Jew. There's such a thing as a yid. That's it, without any labels, just the Jew himself. And the more authentic that we're able to get with ourselves, and the deeper we're able to go, the more we're able to reveal that Jewishness that we contain, which we soon realize to be the Jewishness that all of us contain. Because we're all sparks of one collective soul. And it's only the body that gives us the illusion and casts us under the delusion of experiencing ourselves as a separate entity. But the truth is, Mamish, this room is not full of people. This room, I'll call, And every 10 Jews, the shchina descends. This room is filled with the one spirit of Knesset Yisrael, of that collective soul of the Jewish nation, as it rests within different vessels. But it's one thing. So there's no such thing. Some of the chaver are saying, I, "You know, I thought I'm, I thought I'm too young for the she'er." So, you know, nobody said they're too old, Chassid <laughs> Shalma, just too young for the she'er. And and I and I say, "Mamish, there's no such thing. There's mamish, no such thing. If you're a person that's looking to grow, if you're a person that's looking to get into the depth of Yiddishkeit and not just to do things on the surface, like 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 it's so easy to fall into that mechanical trap. This is the chabur for you. No matter who you are, no matter what you look like, no matter it makes no difference. That is what we're about." And so to be able to look around and to see this is just the most beautiful thing in the world. And Kodesh Baruch Hu has so much nachas from it because this is how Yiddishkeit should be. At least I think. Let's jump into it. V'siyat Ar Okay. Let's take a look at the Heligas V'as Amas. toward the end of Parshas Barashas. To those, Khabar, that have been with us for the previous year, you're going to note that this is a little bit different style of a shear. Because I, I want to I go, I want we went very, with a pedal to the metal, very strong, very big, very lofty. It's still going to be big and lofty. But I I, I was thinking maybe a little bit less content and a little bit more focused to allow these concepts to really seep in very strongly. With Hashem's help, la'at, la'at, step by step, I can promise every week will be like this. Because I'm an erratic individual, Baruch Hashem, and so whatever I'm feeling in the moment, that's uh, that's Hashem. Mm-hmm. What I hope is right to be learning together. It says the That a Kodesh Baruch who completed all of his work on the seventh day. So what was lacking? If a Kodesh Baruch who finished everything he needed to make, what was missing? And the paradoxical answer is well. Rest was missing. Because all HaKadosh Baruch had done was work. What's missing? Menucha. Sechazel, HaOilam Chaser Menucha. The world was lacking. Rest. Shabis. When Shabbos came, Nigmara HaMalacha. As Rashi brings ba BaMenucha. When Shabbos came to the world, rest came to the world. Amazing thing. Indian says the Emes the deepest truth of what this means is as follows. Ki be'emes the truth is We refer to the world in Hebrew with the word olam. olam. But the truth is that even this world olam, which means world, this word olam, world, has a root that means something different. We find that root in the word he'alem, which means hiddenness, concealment. Olam means a world, but the shoresh is related to the concept of hiding, covering over, concealing. He'elem. Why? I'll be pshat. That was one of the questions we said, why is the world called Olam related to the word he'alem, to hide? I think on the most basic of levels, it's because the way that we're ordinarily taught to perceive the world is that the world hides Hashem, right? Physicality hides HaKadosh Baruch So we should really be experiencing Hashem's presence and really be holding on to the belief and to the perception that there's a God in the world. Ah, but what can you do? The world gets in the way. Elohim, Elohim, Helen. Elohim, becomes Gematria, HaTeva, nature, and nature masks the creator of heaven and earth. That's the normal, ordinary way that we're taught to understand the connectivity between the word Eulam the and He'elam. says this. the opposite. mamish the opposite. Look at what he says here. He says, you know why the world is called He'elam? Because the world contains within it an inner spark of divine vitality. It's not that the world hides HaKadosh Baruch and therefore the world is called Olam, HaElem. It's that God is hidden in the world. And that's why the world is called Olam, HaElem. Can you hear the difference? Two very different things. On the one hand, the first way of looking at it, the world is a barrier. The world is that which is hiding Hashem. What can you do? We have to get rid of the world so that we can strip away the curtain and see the Wizard of Oz. You know, la Allah does. We can see Hakadosh Baruch Says this v'sem mamish. No, he says the world is not in our way. The world is the vehicle through which Hakadosh Baruch Hu is able to reveal Himself by putting on this costume we call nature very different way of looking at things. This Torah alone from the Baal Shem Tov, even though it's from the Svasemes, but it's, it's all the Baal Shem Tov. Any Torah you'll find in the thousands of Sifri Hasidas with tens of thousands, perhaps maybe millions and millions of pages, with all the different ideas and different psukim and and, and and different levels of understanding, they all come to say one thing. It's all one essential thing. That's why it's a little bit frustrating some people that they think chasidis is like a cute vartoyer that you, you know, you open a sasemis you prepare something to say for like somebody's sheva brachas and it's like a nice remez and it's cute. Ah, it's chasidus. Ah, chasidus b'shad. they mamish. I cannot tell you how, how people are missing the boat. Mamish can't tell you. And I mean that literally because chasidis is a boat. More specifically, it's the tevas nayach, Mamish tevas nayach In a world that's filled with so much... I don't want to say tumma because that's already the way that other people... In a world that's filled with bilbulim, with confusion, in a world that's filled with fog and with darkness, specifically here, full of rain and clouds and challenges, Hasidus is a beacon, it's a Mameshal lighthouse. And if all you see when you see Hasidus is a nice little Torah that you can chuckle because you read it and you can tell it to your friend, and they'll say, ah, it's a Hasidah Shabshah. I don't want to say what happened to the people that weren't in the Teves Nayach. Nebuch. And it's not a matter of judgment, looking down. Nebuch people just don't know. They're not. They're not. They're not taught how to how to learn Hasidus. What the purpose of Hasidus is. We talked before about different vessels for one, one substance. Every paragraph in Hasidus is maybe a different vessel for one essential revelation. And this piece, particularly, perhaps speaks to the Iker that's at the core of everything else as it unravels, which is, this world is a revelation of HaKadosh Baruch It's not, perhaps, as the classical conception sees it as maybe, a hallway to Elam Haba and that's where everything is and we just sort of have to suffer through this world and do mitzvahs we don't really care about and sort of have to keep either because we're guilted out of it or because we're trying to get schar or whatever. All these are nice cute things, they're good. They're sweet, they're holy and they have their place. Hasidus came to say every minute of life is a portal to paradise if you can look at it with the right eyes. A mitzvah is not about the schar you'll get for the mitzvah, but as all the tzaddikim say, schar mitzvah is the mitzvah itself. Not that Hashem will give you another mitzvah to do, but that if we can really get into the depth of what the mitzvahs are, of course we don't like the mitzvahs. Of course we, sh- we struggle with them sometimes, because we haven't the foggiest idea of what the meaning should be. So why in a modern age of 2022, when everything has to be exactly aligned with our understanding. How should we have any feeling for these black boxes that we put on and wrap and strap? And not that we don't do them. If we do them, we don't do them, we do them. But how should we develop a feeling of them? A feeling for them? So the Baal Shem Tov saves our life by teaching us that if you have the right perspective, it's the same world as everybody else sees. It's the same foggy rain as everybody else you could it be living in a different universe. Legamre, legamre. And the same is true, and this was the Valshemtiv's Chidish and what scared so many people, I think. The same is true for Yiddishkeit itself. Not just about the world. It's not that there are two kinds of living, one kind of living that's secular and one kind of living that's religious. The Valshemtiv didn't suffice for that because he didn't buy it. Because the Valshemtiv was an Ish Emes. And the Baal Shem said there are two kinds of religious Jews. Not two kinds of Jews. There are two kinds of religious Jews. Like Yishayahu Hanavi already said before him. There are Yidin that are cultural, traditional Yidin and they're doing everything right. in the Nefesh chaim ha- thank you Hashem for the Nefesh chaim who came to the world to say even the most mindless mitzvah still has its place and it changes the world. Ms. But the Baal Shem says why shouldn't we strive for a why should we suffice with a How beautiful a might be. But there's a L'Chathchila way of living. There's anila L'doydi V'doydi Li. There's a Kaddish Baruch Hu, who gave us Yiddishkeit. Not as a list of things he needs us to do, but he wants a relationship with us. He's yearning for us, for mamish us. He wants a connection. He wants a togetherness. So the Balshant says there's a different kind of Jew. And these two kinds of Jews are so dissimilar, are so distant from one another, that even though on the outside you come to shul and you see them sitting next to each other, and one's putting on tefillin, and the other one's putting on tefillin. Different oil moist ligamret. Different world. Different world. Says the Svasemes, this world every minute could be the greatest revelation of a Kurdish Baruch Hu, if we begin to shift our perspectives. If we, begin to, if we begin to shift the way in which we look at things, perceive things, expect things to be, the lens through which we look at the world can change. And when that happens, it's a different world entirely. Back inside. Ube Emma says this Emes, call Habriya, the whole entire creation was only for the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The whole creation itself, not to mask HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it was created. Call Masha HaKadosh Baruch Baruch by Olami Chazal, say in a number of places. He created everything for His glory. But the word glory is a very poor translation of Kavad. Kavad means a lot of things. When you start to learn a little bit panemius, which hopefully we're learning together, and we're going to, week by week, we're going to become familiar with this whole kind of looking at the world, which people are so desperately in need of. You're going to learn that every word has so many different facets, so many different levels, means so many different things. So the word covet is, on a literal level, translated as glory, honor. But the truth is that the word kavod is always linked, without getting into the whole depth of it now, to the sphera of malchus, to that divine energy that we've been talking about really for the past couple of weeks, Davar Malach, everything that malchus is, the moon, everything we spoke about, without getting into that now. And malchus is synonymous with the shechina, with the indwelling presence of a Baruch. So if kavod is linked to malchus and malchus is linked to the shechina, then it would also be appropriate to translate "covered" as presence. Presence. What does the word presence mean? It means two things. There is the fact of a person's being present that we call his presence, right? right? We are in his presence. you are here and we're together. That's called presence. That's one kind of presence. But the word presence has another meaning that means something entirely different, which is when we talk about a person as having presence. Have right? you ever heard that way of talking? You say, now "This person has presence." What does that mean when we say that a person has presence? Not that a person is present, and then we talk about that as his presence. What do we mean when we say that a person, a particular person, has presence? I think it means that even before the person says anything or does anything, maybe even before you see him enter a room, there's a haragish, there's a feeling that the person gives off even without saying or doing anything. His presence can be felt. And it's like an independent entity from the person himself. If I'm at a wedding and someone very, very holy walks in, the mood shifts, the atmosphere changes. That person has presence. Didn't do anything, he didn't juggle and he's not, he's not like, didn't do anything remarkable that people should start to, to crowd around. There's an energy in the room that's different. That person has presence. This is a completely different way of looking at this thing we call the shekhinah Because we translate the shekhinah as divine presence, but everybody translates it in the first connotation of presence. Which means God's being present, but the tzaddik can teach that there's a completely different way of understanding the Srina and therefore Hashem's kavod. It's not Hashem's being present that we're referring to. It's the sense that we can feel when we're walking down the street late at night. It, it's like a like an inner shudder. It's just a whisper. It's not not anything we can we can explain or 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 or, or, or capture in words we sense that we're not alone. It's a sense that we feel that Hashem has presence and even though He's not present in the sense of being apparent to us, we can point our finger yet and say, Ze'ele that's going to come that day. But we can sense that we're not alone in the room. There's another consciousness. There's another being that's present. And that has presence. That's that's called the Shina, you know, the divine presence. It's just a feeling. It's a feeling. Are the two not linked? They certainly are linked. because someone is us. Yes, but there are two kinds of presence in the, in the sense of the first kind of understanding right because the first kind of understanding is that the person's presence can be can be explained we understand he's mamish here he's physically here that's the kind of presence that HaKadosh Baruch will hopefully express as we'll see we have a lot to cover we're getting caught up so a second way not just an invisible way one if yes around, you're not no not. You're, you're getting exactly the nakuda of course a person cannot have a sense of presence without his being present but it's an extension beyond the first understanding where we don't need to be seeing the person we don't need to be we can't explain what we're feeling but we get a hierarchy of course the person needs to be there or else how do we know that that person has presence somewhere else it's like shokhen shokhen it's like shokhen like, like a neighbor oh wow happen. beautiful is there but you don't necessarily have to speak to your neighbor if your neighbor is there. Your neighbor is there. <laughs> no? Absolutely. And that awareness of the neighbor being there pervades a lot of our decisions even though you don't consult no. them you know you have a neighbor. <laughs> Excellent. 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 Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. The the heaviness that's the nekudah the the what you're bringing down into this world. And the side walks into the room, it affects the room, because what he represents is not just a man with a beard, but a divine principle that he's bringing Excellent. down. A, a, a channel. A heaviness. I know it's like not cool to be heavy, but mm. there is a value in being heavy. Take, take this seriously. There's, there's something that matters. There's gravity. Yeah. Yeah. Even yeah. the word gravity we use in these two yeah. ways. Gravity means gravity, yeah. but we also refer to a situation. Yeah. That situation had right. this... So this matter holds gravity or however we say it but that, that's this is otonukuda. that is going to well, I don't want to get into that because that's, that's going to open absence. up that matter and matters yeah. 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 this is awesome so I'm just like <laughs> read a whole book of like you know the Hebrew the English like matter and matters so I, this I'm just a little bit nervous of going down this road right now because it's an important <laughs> thing we need to talk about the tzaddik the concept of the tzaddik but this is the sum total of that conversation people also misunderstand what the tzaddik is like, why are, you, why are you tzaddik worshiping? Why are you, you know, pictures on the wall and this and that? Like, what's the big deal? Go straight to God. We'll have that discussion, Be'ezer Hashem, in the context of Shabbos, because Shabbos is also a reference to the tzaddikim, because the Zarek says that they used to refer to Rabbi Shimon as Shabbos. That's how they would talk about him. Ant Shabbos dukuli So we'll get to that. La'at, la'at. But we do have to move because we have a lot to get to. Ah. Ms. he says, kol habriya. The world is created not to conceal Hashem, but to enable our Baruch Hu to hide, so to speak, within a vessel that can serve as a vehicle to enable us to feel His presence. That's a very different way of looking at the world. It's a very different way of looking at nature. That's a life-giving way of looking at the world. The world doesn't hide Hashem. The world is nothing to be done away with or to stamp on or to, or to, or to despise. This world is the greatest portal to the, to the divine if engaged with, with the right consciousness. Rak, he says, there was an issue. Because of the nature of our separateness from Hashem, Splintered pieces of a Kodesh Baruch the <laughs> Kamimal that becomes different consciousnesses, different souls. And Hashem needed us in a seemingly separate world so that there could be Bechira and so that we could really come into a relationship with Him that's not forced in any way, but it's one that we choose. In addition to every other reason that Hashem needed Bechira, without getting into that now, he says it would have been impossible for us to really be able to perceive Hashem if not for nature, if not for creation. So it turns out that, as all the Mekubalim say, Narizal says, and Rabbi Nachman says, the tzaddikim say, that the concealment is the revelation. Hashem's act of concealing Himself was, in fact, the greatest act of revealing Himself, because specifically through concealing Himself in nature, now we have a chance as human beings to be able to touch the divine, as it were through this vehicle. It's very, very analogous to a person who's walking outside and the sun is shining so incredibly powerfully that the person can't possibly look up at the sun. So what does he do? This crazy thing, it would seem counterintuitive, to enable him to see the sun, he blocks his eyes with with, with black lenses. How does that work? Sunglasses, what's the Nakuda? Because on the one hand, it's the greatest concealment. You're covering your eyes with black. On the other hand, it's not the point. The point is not blocking out the sun. The point is filtering the sun in, in a way that now you can perceive it. So certainly it's a level of concealment, but it's only for the sake of revelation. So he says, certainly there was a tsimsum, Certainly there was a con- contraction. And the Kodesh Baruch Hu, which we'll learn by Ezra Hashem, started the whole creation by so, to speak, drawing himself out from the center point of infinity, which is, of course, a paradoxical concept. You can speak about that. The Ramchal actually explains what that means in Adab Amarim. It begins with a vacuum, it begins with a void. And that void seems to be, Mita Saddin, what's a Gadish doing? Where are you going? Why are you removing yourself to make space for creation? And the answer is, don't you get it? It's the deepest Rachamim in the world, it's the deepest mercy. Because only through this kind of setup or layout do we have a chance of being able to be margish, be able to feel Hashem. Not despite creation, specifically because of creation. Rakshi, he goes, he continues, So we needed nature. So we needed nature. I say. And then through the way in which HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world in such an amazing way. So then we have hope of being able to recognize that there's a God in the world. But there needs to be Bechira. And so of course there needs to be the opportunity for us to fall into the trap of not developing these eyes and starting to see the world as tava, just nature. But I have news to break for you, to break to you. We presume that if we were to live in the realm of the spiritual world and the Malachim and things like this, certainly we would be aware that there's a Hashem and we would be conscious of godliness all the time. I believe very strongly that if a baby were to be born, some crazy way, a fluke, it comes out the wrong pipe, you know, whatever, to be born into the Olam of Yitzira, let's say, I say that in 20 years, he would also be walking around the Edomites here saying, where's Hashem? Where's Hashem? I see all these like angels around. Like, Where's, where, where's, where's proof of God? Where's the divine? Because who, who told you that putting a seed into the ground, covering it up with earth, pouring water on it, exposing it to sunlight, and then it taking root and beginning to grow is not the greatest revelation of godliness there is. Who told you? Who told you that that's a thing called nature? Nobody. But we get used to it doesn't mean that essentially it's less miraculous. Who told you that there's these things called eyes that enable us to consciously perceive through vision everything around us? Like that's a given. I wake up and I open my eyes in the morning because of course I'm a human being and I have eyes. Who who said that that's not a nesnigle? Mamash a nesnigle. That we have ears and we can communicate and we can build and we can dream and we can hope and we can experience life. And the world unfolds around us. Who said that that's not the Divine Himself? So everybody's waiting to hear a message from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and Hashem is saying, don't you understand? It's not a matter of me speaking any louder than I'm speaking. It's a matter of you turning your radio station tuner to the right channel. It's a subjective blockage, not an objective one. Hashem is the sun shining all the time the same. The question is whether the moon, which we learned last week, is, is, is turning itself into enough of a vessel to reflect the light of the sun, to turn toward the light of the sun, to be able to develop the eyes and the perspective that will mamish enable a person to walk through this nat- natural world and to feel mamish that you're walking through elokus Kipshuta. It's the same Brent Street, it's the same Hendon, we say, it's the same streets that everybody else is walking. You can, mamish, be walking, off the ground, with feet on the ground. You can be in this world and not be here. You can be a teenager with the rest of your chevra and be different, absolutely completely. You can be at the office with everybody else. Your heart is dancing. You're not falling for the ruse, for the trick, for the deception that 99.9% of the world falls for. You soar beyond. You soar beyond. And mainly you avoid pitfalls of frustrations and stupidities. And this one said that one, and what's this one gonna think? Saloma nienoti. Saloma nienoti because I'm not a person with a name or with a body because I'm an neshama that lives in this container I call a guf for the purpose of being able to perceive the godliness that's hidden within this thing we call nature so I don't have time to worry about shtuyot I don't have time for it because every minute of life is a mission and it's the chevr like us that are connected to the mayan which we were learning about before the Mayana Panimius with the stream that's flowing out of the the Beis Medrash to the Valshemta of In as much as we feel it's changing our lives, we need to become torchbearers There are thousands of people that are desperate for what we are learning. Desperate, the neshamas are parched, and that's why I say so strongly again and again. Not because I need more people by my sheer but because more people need to hear the Torah that we're sharing together. And so each and every one of us becomes an ambassador the minute that we stand up and begin to identify with what we're learning. Instead of saying this is some nice information that we're learning, oh, an interesting perspective. It's not a perspective. It's not another Dvar Torah. It's a different way of being a Jew. And it's as different from everything else and I say this specifically and precisely as exile is from redemption. It's as different. Sense of ahrais. A sense of gratitude. What a privilege. What a schus. Can't tell you enough. What a privilege. Undeserved. Deserved because we know we're undeserving. that's how we come to know and through the concealment in and of itself that's where you begin to sense a presence not despite the world because of the world because the world is not here to hide Hashem the world has Hashem hidden within it and developing these kinds of eyes of faith where it's not just a belief that there's a God somewhere up there and He created this world and he cares about this world, which is all beautiful, and of course it's part of the animamens It's much more than that. Hashem is not present in the way that there's a God, Hashem Echad. It's that if there's a Hashem Echad, and we're experiencing the revelation of that Hashem Echad in a way that we could handle it, and that means that this whole world of multiplicity which seems to be scattered with so many broken pieces of so many millions of different things and Eish, Ruach, and Afar all the four elements and Doimim Tzameach, Chaim and daber, all the four different categories of creation that's all Echad also Hashem Echad means the world is Echad because if you can look beyond the facade and begin to find the inner spark within every experience everything is one Everything becomes an encounter with a Kaddish Baruch Hu And this, of course, was the Valshemtiv's big push, founded on the Pasuk Bechol Drachecha. In all of your different ways, whether you're at work, whether you're at home, your relationships, varied as they may be, in your religious life, in your quote unquote secular life, in your on time and in your off time, in your ups and in your downs. Bechol Drachecha do'eyun you can come to know HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and not just come to know Him but the word Da'ehu is related to the word Das that's its itsherish and the word Das means intimacy because it's not just about knowing intellectually there's a God in the world and having it as a concept it's about swimming in it experientially Da'ehu is intimacy the closest thing there is and that the fact that there's HaKadosh Baruch Hu that's revealing Himself in the silence of this room becomes louder to me than all the noise that so many of us are wrapped up in so much of the time. Different way of living. V'ha Shabbos, he says. V'ha Shabbos who ha-kores What's Shabbos all about? Shabbos is a gigantic launch pad for this kind of living. That's what Shabbos is. Because on Shabbos, so much of the distracting parts of creation that during the week can cast us into this kind of perception where we think we're making Parnassah and we see cause and effect (laughs) and the cause is usually things we think we're doing and then the effect is something we think we earned or or deserve and and that's the world because we're just, you know, our responsibilities and obligations. Shabbos says, I'm not taking you out of this world because we still eat and we drink. And Abder Shabbos is a time for Oneg physically but Shabbos is just a reminder for one day a week. Do nothing. Do nothing. But hopefully, be conscious that you're a bit of a puppet. And Kirush Baruch Hu is a bit of a puppet master. And Shabbos, I look back on the week and I say, wow, I thought I did all those things. There's only one God in the world. And I'm just a little bit of a channel, as all of us are. For that which HaKadosh Baruch Hu is bringing to the world through us. Shabbos is the launchpad for this kind of perception of Hashem. Shuvu Tachlis which is the ultimate purpose of this thing we call nature. Vinikra. And that's why Shabbos is called Tachlis Maisei Shemayim Vaaretz. It is the ultimate purpose of heaven and earth. Shabbos is. What does that mean? Shabbos is the purpose of heaven and earth. Well, Shabbos comes last in creation, so maybe everything was leading up to Shabbos, but it's more than that. It doesn't just mean that everything was leading up to Shabbos, and Shabbos is the purpose of the world. It means that the message of Shabbos, which is Emuna, is the purpose of the world. Meaning, is the purpose for the world that Hashem created in six days. And it's a consciousness that's meant not just to enjoy on Shabbos itself, but to lock in through a proper experience of shabbos and i bless us all that mamish we should feel shabbos but omek but mamish for real and that only happens through this kind of learning because otherwise how should we feel anything about shabbos if we know nothing about shabbos and i don't mean knowing what to do or what not to do that's also important we have to learn halachas but the panemius of the torah if we're mamish living shabbos shabbos is intended to infuse the rest of the week with the Shabbos consciousness. So within all the malachah and with all the work and within all the things you're doing during the week that you can't do on Shabbos, Shabbos is the tachlis, maisei, shamayim va'aret. The only reason there are six days is so that you should infuse your engagement with those six days, which is regular life as it were, with the energy and the spirit of Shabbos Kodesh and he says this is the aspect of menucha of rest of comfort which is an aspect of prophecy menucha is an aspect of prophecy how does he know that and prophecy and also divine spirit as the post says, that the Spirit of God rested upon him. V'nacha means rested upon. What Ruach HaShem? What rested upon him? Sechazal? Ruach Kaidash. Nevuah, prophecy. What word is used to refer to the Spirit of prophecy coming down upon a person? V'nacha a A sense of comfort. Minucha. It didn't. Like you know, like like a torrent just comes showering upon him. The spirit of prophecy comes, like we said about presence, like a whisper. kol Hashem, Hashem, right? Like a Yehovah called the mamadaka. It's true. There's a tardema. It's true, right? by Avraham Avinu. It's true. But after that experience, that initial experience, which is just the barriers and not the thing itself, in the moment of inner, it's it's called the mamadaka. Something very calm. Something very, very, very gentle. Afterwards, right after, right after, he says, "I heard a speaking voice called Mamadaka Menucha." And of course, Shabbos is the day of Menucha. That means that Shabbos must be the day of Nivua, because that's what prophecy is—the deepest Menucha and he brings another proof in the passing Yermio, where Yermiyo complains, he says, Manucha Matsasi, I haven't found Manucha, says Rashi. What haven't you found? What's, what manucha didn't Yermio have? Says Rashi, Nivua was taken away from him. How does Rashi know that? Because he says, I didn't have Manucha. What's Manucha? Nivua. There's a deep bond between the concept of menucha Specifically, as it relates to the Menucha of Shabbos, about which the the, the Medrash tells us, "Ba Shabbos, Ba Menucha." Like, Shabbos brought Menucha into the world. What's Menucha? Prophecy. There's a deep connection then between Shabbos and Nivuah, Ruach Hakodesh. You can see where this is going already. The prophetic worldview. Where our Kaddish Baruch was not hidden. See how he says it? He says, this is what it means that on Shabbos we have an extra soul. What does it mean an extra soul? What does that mean? What, what is this Nishama yaseira we hear about? What is Nishama? So we first need to know what one soul means in order to then know what it means to have an extra one. But if nishama means that part of me that's in touch. With the neshama of the world, which is a kaddish baruch Hu. that part of me that understands that just like my body is only here to allow my neshama to express itself, the world is only here to allow the neshama of the world to express itself, which is a kaddish baruch Hu. The neshama yisira means an extra infusion of that kind of perspective, an added infusion of soul. It means an added infusion of clarity into what life is about. Not to be fooled by this thing we call flesh and skin. Not to be fooled by it. And in the same way that we're not fooled by that, not to be fooled by this thing we call uh, rain or or sun or earth or or fire. Neshama Yoseiras The Menucha of Shabbos is the nevuah of Shabbos the Prophet sees HaKadosh Baruch Hu panim him, him. The Prophet understands that within the silence, chash, within the silence like Yishayahu and sees, ma'al, the silence speaks. If you understand that HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't speak through WhatsApp and HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't speak through an email, HaKadosh Baruch speaks through nature which he created with words. Chash ma'al, the speaking silence that Yecheskel sees after all the barriers. That's the prophecy of Shabbos. That's the menucha of Shabbos. That there's nothing more comforting than knowing that I, I don't have to climb to some kind of mountain to find the Kaddish Baruch Hu. I am swimming in Him. All of life is Him. The air that I breathe is Him. Meeting another Jew is him. Learning something is him. Thinking is him. Is there any deeper menucha? Where are you trying to go? You're already there. We need to open our eyes. This is the message of Shabbos. This is the Nisham Yaseira of Shabbos, the Menucha Yaseira of Shabbos. This is the nevuah Yaseira that Shabbos gives us. And that's why it's a me'en of olam haba. He says that's why Shabbos is a little bit of a taste of the world to come. Because what does the pasuk say about the world to come? Shayyu kol am Hashem Nivim. That the whole entire world will be prophets, as the pasuk says, v'nivu the Uvunay Your children, your sons, and your daughters. <speaking in> be <Hebrew> Nivim. That's what it says by olam haba. That's why Shabbos is a me'in, olam Because on Shabbos, if we do Shabbos right, we can see through. We can see through the fog. On Shabbos, we become a little bit like a navi. On Shabbos, we're connecting to that spirit of olam haba, where everybody will be navi. In. Let's turn very quickly to Rabbi Nachman on the second side of the page. Very quickly, so I'm running out of time. Rabbi Nachman says in the Kutim Rantenyana Tarches, which is a very long and glorious Torah and a very redemptive lesson. He says over there, he says when the will spread to the whole entire world, there will be the fixing of this thing we call imagination. What does that have to do with prophecy? The Pasigino you know, Yesheah says, Ubiyad ha Neviyim Adame. A Baruch Hu says, By the way of the Neviyim, I am imagined. Like the Ramam tells us, the whole thing of Nevuah was centered around the clarity of that capacity for imagination that the prophet had. All of us have this ability. Why do we have this ability? We don't need it for our physiological functioning. Why does one need to be able to imagine? We need to be afraid of things because we need to run away from things that are hurtful. We need to love things so that we can procreate and we can bring children to it. There are certain things that we need for being human. Why do we need imagination? Why is that, Why is that necessary? In terms of this worldly conception of what it means to be a human being, what do we need imagination for? Says the Piyosetzin Rebbe and all of his svarim and every word of his and every line. Imagination is the most ruchnius capacity that you and I have. It's the most spiritual capacity we have. Imagination. We need to use it in the right way. We need to use it in the right way. We need to cleanse our imagination. And that's what the Nevi'im did. And so, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu settled upon them that capacity of being able to imagine a brighter world. Being able to imagine the way in which this world could be seen as vibrating with Elocus, even though to our current locked in, cemented way of viewing things, this is a wall and this is a ceiling and this is a floor. And if I weren't speaking, this is silence and those are cars and that's a street. But the Nevium had imagination. They saw beyond the concrete reality. It's a joke. It's a joke. They saw beyond it. And when, pro- when, when, that become- when that capacity of imagination becomes rectified, He says that's when our faith will be complete. When we can walk through the world like little children again. Mamish still know the secret of imagination. Not to be fooled by what we see. Not to be locked in. This is the way it is. This is what the people think. This is what this one thinks. This is what that one's opinion is. This is this shul and that's that shul. This is a teenager and this is an adult. No. Shekhar. There's something deeper to life. Something beyond it. And there's a way of using those experiences. Not as an obstacle to getting to the truth but if we look at it properly as the greatest gilui of the truth of the pneumias and that's called faith and he says just very quickly he says faith really depends on this capacity of imagination what your mind could grasp that's not faith That's what you understand. That's called seichel. You get it. Makes sense to you? Rational, intellectual, fits. But what about that place that you can't quite understand? What about that place that's beyond? What about that place that demands that we tap into something that's beyond the categories where we feel comfortable grasping or fully understanding completely the gamri. There, he says, that's where Emunah starts. When our Seichel ends, you know what begins? The power of imagination. The ability to imagine. The ability to allow our mind to frolic, to run free. Even though the world looks the way the world looks. What does that mean to believe that Mashiach can come? It means that I imagine that the world can be a brighter place. To believe is to imagine. To believe is to imagine. We don't have time to see the rest of it. I want to wrap up. Let's go back to the Svasemis, but take the sheets with you. That Taka is translated on Safariya so you can find it, and go through the rest of the piece. Really go through the whole Torah, and go through the whole Kutumran, and go through everything. we'll learn it all together. On Safari and in other places. Let's take a look at the last two paragraphs. B'lachaini says, That's why, this we come to an end. B'shabbos ne'esar ha-malacha. That's why Shabbos is us or in malachah. Why are we not allowed to do malachah on Shabbos? Why? Because it's a day of rest. That's very sweet. But tell me something deeper than that. Tell me something more than that. What is malachah and what is Shabbos? And why can't I do this thing called malachah on this thing called Shabbos? What's the omek of it? What's the depth? Israeli says it's aser for the Yisrael on Shabbos He says, what's the purpose of malacha? What's the purpose of bringing something into the world? What's the purpose of producing something, taking four blocks, five blocks of wood, and turning it into this thing we call a table? What's the purpose of that? The purpose of creation and our role in it, developing the world, is to enable another vessel to be here that can allow the Spirit of Hashem to manifest through it. Because Hashem, again, is revealed through creation. So the more that we add on to creation, the more that we build, and the more that we develop the world, that Hashem wants us to develop, the Pasuk says, Hashem doesn't want the world to be devoid of life. Hashem wants us to settle. There was no person to develop the land. Hashem wants us to build. But that's the six days of the week. Shabbos is the infusion of the essence which all of creation is meant to convey. And so on Shabbos, we stop malacha, we put on the glasses of panemius, of amuna, of imagination, of prophecy, of Nivua. and then we look upon this thing called nature. Everything that we did, all of our malacha during the week. And we see it as being a vessel. Where if we know how to look in the vessel, Al Tistakal kan, Ella Not just to look at what the externals are, to peer over the rim of life. To peer over the rim. And to see what's inside. That's Shabbos. Shabbos is the Toychenaphnimi. That's what's inside. And in this sense, all the days of the week were a preparation for Shabbos, but not disassociated from it. All these days of the week, and then oh, finally, I could—well, finally, finally, I could relax. No, that's not what it is. It's that finally, the stage is set, is set for the performer to come on stage. On stage, utilizing the stage that has been set for for Shabbos to do its puula, It's a very different way of looking at, at Shabbos, at everything. They're a preparation for Shabbos. And if we're continuing to do malacha, so that, that's going to that's gonna take away from this one day a week where we're mamash able to be the aspect of a prophet, to sit back where all your work is done, call malach and now I can look upon the world with the right eyes. The Nikr Chilul Shabbos, and that's going to be called a Chilul Shabbos, which is really a vacancy of Shabbos. Because Chilul is Milesh and just the void, without seeing what's in it. That's why Shabbos comes. Nigma malacha So that's why we needed everything to be created, because of Shabbos. Shazet Tachlus Hamalacha Kaniskel the and with this will end. This is what the Zarakadish says in Bereshesh. Bereshesh, this word Bereshesh is the letters Yare Shabbos. Yare is an aspect of Yira Shemaim, Awe. To be aware of the presence of Hashem, to be feeling overwhelmed by the grandeur of a Kurdish Baruch who revealed within the world. That's Yira, Awe, and Shabbos. And also Yare Boishes. also. Letters of voracious, which means fear and a certain level of shame. When does a person feel shame? When they don't match up to a certain expectation. When they don't reach the place where they really expect that they should be reaching. They just don't. They don't measure up, and it's exposed to other people. It's it's very embarrassing. So he doesn't mean that we should mamish walk around and feel. I'm so. I'm so. Not but we already have three shiurim and Shabbos gives us our self-esteem. Three different, very deep ways. Not that. On the contrary, he says, Yuri Boishes. Shabbos gives us a glimpse of how we could be living. Shabbos sets the bar very high. Not because it's unattainable so then we go back into the week and we say, oh, Who was I fooling? Who was I fooling? Who was I fooling? I mean, look at me. I'm just fill in the blank. Look at me. He says no. Because the panemius of Shabbos reveals the inner depth of who you actually are. Sets the bar high because it's a bar we can reach. Teaches us how to look at the week. Teaches us how to march into the week. Not feeling like we need to run away from the world. We run into the world. Because in the world is where God is hidden. The whole purpose of Yiddishkeit is that it's an exercise in allowing the body to become nullified to the inner depth, Specifically a Jew, who of course is very bound with the essence of Shabbos. just want to read you three lines of English and then we'll finish. Just turn to the other side of the page. This is something that I wrote a while ago and just in preparation for this year. I remembered it and I brought it onto this piece of paper and then we'll finish and then we'll and we'll sing together. And whoever can stay, stay and whoever can't, we love you. It sounds like this. Rabbi Nachman writes that emuna relies on the Koyach Hamadam, the capacity of imagination. Who has a stronger imagination than a child? Who is more full of faith than a child? Is there anything more youthful than emuna? Than an ideal of holiness? Than the distant vision of a world bursting with the presence of Hashem? Only an imaginative, youthful person can be a prophet. says Hillel. We are a nation of prophetic youngsters. How's that a name for a band? Huh? The prophetic youngsters. <laughs> you and start like an orchestra without just our chevra. prophetic youngsters. This is our nation, Chevra. Because only a person with the dream still alive in his heart can hope to move our world into an impossibly beautiful future. This is it. This is our generation. This is our task. Specifically us. Chebra that have the privilege because there are thousands of learning programs this Thursday night all over the world and I'm sure here in London and people are learning in it's a gewalt. But maybe people need at least one night a week where they're learning something different than they're learning the rest of the week. Or it's not another sugyan halacha, and it's not another, you know, you know it's not the how, what, where, and when, but it's the, it's the soul of it. Why are we doing all this stuff? One night a week can change everything. Everything. And this is something that we mamish need to be doing, Chavre. We need to take a chryas for this. I'm new here, I don't know anybody almost. I'm trying, slowly but surely. But this is something that we need to let people know because the people are drowning. Adults and kids and women and children and everybody. And I am not the answer. It's not me. This is the answer. And I know that because this was the answer for me. And you know that because I think you're getting the sense that this may be the answer for you. Sense of achrayas. Be youthful, be imaginative, be young, be full of life. Bezra Hashem. Anachnu dar mitzuyan. This is an amazing generation. They just do not know it yet. Shabbos, good Shabbos. Thank you so much for joining everybody on Zoom and on Facebook and everywhere else. Have a wonderful Shabbos.